I'll start on the offense. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you get your podcast. You know what we're talking about today. Unfortunately, I know what we're talking about today too. Full game review, good, bad, ugly, and we'll take a look at what we learned from the game and the post-game press conference, which I usually don't do, but there's something I want to talk about, so we're going to get into it. Happy happy Monday, I guess. Happy, I, as happy as it can be, I guess. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com. You can find all of my written work. Now we're going to take a look at the offense, and um, yikes. Uh, here we are. I'm going to lead with this. Because I think it's one of the things that's going to piss people off more than anything else that I'm going to say today. Um, Emery Jones is the right QB1 for this team. Um, I want to I make that clear. That's my opinion of it. That's where I'm at. Sure, we lost the game. Sure, he's had his struggles. But Emory Jones is still the right QB1 for this Florida Gators team. If, if Anthony Richardson gets the nod eventually... Cool. Like, so be like, I'm going to support whoever our QB1 is. I think Emory Jones is the right QB1. Um, like, like AR is good. He's, he's good. He's immensely talented. But if you want proof that I think, or not even proof that I think, I'm, here's the proof that I think it. If you want proof of why I feel Emory is the better starting quarterback right now, look at when Kentucky went offsides when Anthony Richardson was playing quarterback. What did he do? One, he he made he made two mistakes here. Um, one, he didn't take a deep shot. Which, when the defense comes offside, you just take a deep shot because worst case, your team still gets the ball gaining five yards. Best case, tutty. So that's the big thing that he did. That's the first thing that he did wrong. The second thing he did wrong, he threw to the hitch and underthrew it by five yards. I mean, that, I I realize that that's a very small sample size, but. We've only ever seen a small sample size of AR. That's the big issue of, well, he, look at the throws he makes. Look at the throws he makes. He does things like that, too. So that, that's where I, I think Emery is the QB1 for the job. I think he's the right guy. But now, just getting into the offense as a whole, um, yikes. Uh, that's how I'm going to say it there. Yikes. Uh, the offense was boring, uh, simple, and disgustingly bad. Um, like, like the Gators like to mix up their carries. That's something that, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that because I think we have a very talented running back room. We have two, uh, quarterbacks that are very capable runners. They're both, I, I mean, I don't know with the updated numbers from yesterday, but going into the game, they were both top five in, uh, quarterback rushing yards, which is especially impressive considering Anthony Richardson played two games. So that's where we're at with that. We, I get giving the ball to other people. I'm a fan of that. Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, Naquan Wright, Emery Jones, Anthony Richardson, hell, hand it off to anyone else you want to. You want to give the ball to Kamori Gamble in the run game, I will support it. Lorenzo Lingard, Marcus Bowman, I am here for it. But you got to run the ball more with people that aren't just Emery Jones. Like, like Damian Pierce was finding success last night on the ground. 
he was creating runs. That's something that I spoke about last week when I broke down the Florida numbers on pro football focus. You know, statistically, the Gators don't have a very good run-blocking offensive line right now. But it's schemed up where our running backs are creating yards after contact. They're finding the lane where they can get anything, really. And Damian Pierce specifically has been murdering defenses with that. So that's why I like just just give him the ball. He needs to have the ball more than eight times in a game, especially if your quarterback's running at like 15. You give Damian Pierce the ball. He's a tremendously talented running back. He's going to be playing on Sundays. I know that. I can tell you that just by watching him. He's someone who's going to play on Sunday. He might not get drafted, but he's playing on Sundays. That, that's a fact. And one pass attempt farther or 20 or more yards downfield is – what is that? Like who – what is going on there? That that's why my biggest issues are not with, you know, uh, not with Emery's pick, although it was a very bad pick. Not with Emery's pick. It's not with Anthony Richardson under throwing the curl and not taking a deep shot. It's not with most things, but play calling. Coaching is what lost us this game. That that's what lost this game. Execution, ball starts, not even <sighs> um, but that still that still comes down to coaching. You need to have disciplined players. And I'm, I'm going to get into the false starts thing. But now we're looking at the defense. Uh, the defense played well for the most part. But snake bitten by the same things as always. A big play for the other team's first score. That's always how it happens. That's, that's just what happens to Florida. And it's got to stop. Like We cannot be the team that plays good football for three quarters or three and a half quarters and wants to win games. Kentucky, they outperformed my expectations. I have no problem saying that. But I still don't think they're a great football team. They're going to be ranked after this week because they beat a number 10 team. And they deserve to be ranked because they beat another, a number 10 team. But I, I think that I still – I know we're still the better team. But they played a better game. And we played a terrible game. Like, that that's what it comes down to. And it's these big plays always, always, always the big plays. Look at things like the Wondell Robinson touchdown. The uh, Josh Pascal blocked field goal. Like it, it's just big plays. I'm not following the defense for that, obviously. But it's just big plays always, and that is continually what kills us. Fantastic defense, except for when you give up a huge play. We don't play bend, don't break defense. We play just damn good defense, and then we break completely. And that's what happens. And it's like that, that that's not sustainable to have a good season. This is a game that we should have won, and we should have won by a lot, if we're being honest. But we... <laughs> almost uh almost dropped the next foot of there we, we we dropped the ball here big time the gators missed so many tackles early on look at the wandale robinson screen that he took there were <sighs> i'm frustrated sorry there were like four missed tackles on that one play alone and it's like bro like you gotta clean it up you've gotta clean it up if you want to be competitive at all avery helm jason marshall great day in coverage. Good for you guys. I, I don't like how either of them really defended wide receiver screens. Um, just just being late to just shoot and go at them. Um, Javon Dexter, he needs to play more. That's It's as simple as that. He, he needs more snaps. He deserves them. Uh, Tyron Hopper needs to play more. Deserves more snaps. I don't care who you're taking him away from, honestly, at this point. Because Javon Dexter, you're probably going to take him away from Daquan Newkirk. Cool with me. Like, it, it sucks because Newkirk's pretty good, but cool with me. If it, if it has to be, it has to be. Tyron Hopper, D-body. 
take him out for a bit. Birdie, take him out for a bit. You know, play more Tyron Hopper and Jeremiah Moon because this team desperately, desperately, desperately needs to find some kind of answers because what's working isn't working. Like, like what they're doing is not, not going to be successful for the remainder of the season. And this isn't a year where we're going to just punt on the year. That's not something that we're doing. I, I see fans that are trying to say things like that. We're not just punting on the year here. No. We are going to try to win. Getting a New Year's Six Bowl, that's still a good thing. We're not making the playoff, most likely. That, that's, that's that. But a New Year's Six Bowl is still a New Year's Six Bowl. It's still something to be proud of and hang your hat on. Simple as that. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Price Picks offers every sport you can think of NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Price Picks offers more college props than anyone else, and it's already incredibly difficult to find any college props with Price Picks. Power five teams, mid majors, everywhere. We go through it all. Price Picks allows mixed sport entries, so take the over on LeBron turnovers and the under on Mahomes turnovers. I don't know, dude. I'm running out of stats. In the same entry, don't hesitate. Check out pricepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Pricepix is daily fantasy made easy. And I know that I've spoken quite a bit about recently moving in with my girlfriend. Um, one thing that we did not prepare for was cooking as much as we all have been because um I don't know, dude. I thought we'd be ordering more. That's just that's that's how I pictured it. Um, but no, we, we we cook a lot now. So if quality and craftsmanship is important to you, check out Maiden. Maiden is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, knives, and wine glasses. Specifically, knives. You could take them through the paper thing, and it's, and it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> they have twenty eight thousand plus five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with Locked On. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And now, the good, bad, and ugly is here. Um, The good... Not much. Um, the good uh, Damian Pierce. I guess. It's hard to find the good. This is a bad game. It's, it was just, it was easily one of the worst games that I've seen from a Florida Gators team in years, given our expectations. The McElwain years sucked, but we expected to suck with him. This, no, we were expecting to be a very good team. This was a very bad game. Uh, the good Damian Pierce, you know, he, he he did what he does. He makes plays, he extends plays, he creates plays. He's more elusive than he gets credit for. He's more powerful than he gets credit for. He is a very talented running back. And like I said last segment, like I'll, I'll bet any amount of money. Damian Pierce going to be playing on Sundays. And I don't mean like one, two carries. I mean, he's going to be a consistent contributor with the team somewhere along the line. He's just, well. Chef's kiss. Uh, the other good that I have, because you know I try to do two for each. Um, the other good, I I, I mentioned it, but uh, the, the youth on this team: Jason Marshall, Avery Helm, Javon Dexter, Tyron Hopper, Trevez Johnson. The five of them, you know, there are like Trevez Johnson was a starter coming into the year. He's still a starter. That's fantastic. But 
there are players that I've been hard on, Avery Helm specifically, that have really balled out over the past few weeks. Javon Dexter is just a one-man wrecking crew in the majority of his snaps. He just comes in and wrecks, you know what, and leaves. And things like that where it's like, this team, like notice how five of those names, all five of them, defensive players. That's that's like that's that's fantastic. Because next year, the year after that, I mean next year we'll have all of them back. The year after that, I, I don't know if we'll have all of them back, but we'll have some of them back. And we know that we'll have some of them back because uh some of them won't be draft eligible. <laughs> so we could lose Dexter, Hopper, Travis Johnson. I mean that's that sucks, but I mean, we're Florida. We reload, we rebuild, or not even rebuild. We reload. That's it. Um, we might be rebuilding though if, if things keep going <laughs> this way, like they did last night. Looking at the bad from Saturday's game, um, please, please, for the love of God, please, just wrap someone up when you have to tackle them. I don't think I'm asking for much. Just eh, wrap them up. Like, eh, that's uh, that's all I need. Just. Eh, that, that's that's what I'm asking you for here. Uh, just just wrap someone up if you're tackling someone. You play defense. You should know what to do. It's it's not it's not that difficult. But Florida, you hurt my heart sometimes. Um, what else was bad? I didn't know whether I should include this in the bad or the ugly. Um, and I'm gonna get into it. I got into it last segment. I'm gonna get into it now. I'm gonna get into it next segment too. Uh, play calling, dear lord. Was the play calling bad and ugly? That's why I didn't know what the, it wasn't good. It was bad and ugly, so that's why I didn't know where to put it. Um, but it was just, it was atrocious. Like it, it was genuinely one of the worst called games I've seen from any any Florida coach and any good coach. One of the worst called games I've ever seen, and it's just like I, when it comes down to I, I, like I tweeted it out yesterday. I'll say it again for you now. Um, Dan Mullen. Scared money don't make no money. Like you've gotta, you've gotta do something. Like you, you've gotta just take some shots downfield. Something. One pass attempt that traveled further than twenty yards in the air, or further than twenty yards past the line of scrimmage. Like, is is that a prank? Like, what what are you hoping to accomplish with that? Like, that's why it's like. And I don't like to be the whiny guy, but like, like this is like this is something that's gonna piss me off. Like bad play calling and not trusting your players if you can't trust your players they shouldn't be a start get into it next segment <laughs> looking at the ugly now um false starts galore and penalties galore and i uh, saw me throw my challenge flag i don't have a yellow flag but i do have a challenge flag so that's why I, I, I threw the challenge flag but yeah i don't i don't have a yellow flag to throw but um that's where we're at um and look it's it, it's one of those things where it's like i i understand that it's hard to hear in a stadium like that. Like yesterday's crowd was raucous. Like it's hard to hear. I get that. But Eguacun had so many penalties before there was any change. That's my issue. Um, and I mean that the false the false starts and all that stuff. Like the, it's just you had to either change the cadence or change the center. That's where I'm at. It's like I know. Uh, in my lockdown now that came out Saturday night, I was like, hey, like get a center that can hear then. That's kind of still my point. Change the center to someone that can hear or change the cadence. Eventually, the cadence was changed to tapping 
Agricon on the hip, and then he'd snap the ball. And then we started getting penalties for tapping him on the hip, and before you even put your hand back down, the ball's getting snapped, um, and you're moving, which is like, like that. that's on the guard. I don't care. like Because you've got to tap and then put your hand back because you've got to be set for a second before the snap, and that didn't happen. So that that's where we're at with there. It was just, it was just so ugly throughout. It was one of the worst, most horrid games that I've seen. And it was, it was just wildly, wildly, wildly disappointing throughout. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to kill like O'Connor with this. I'm not, I'm not saying it's all his fault. I am still blaming the coaches for not making an adjustment when they were like, okay, look like it's just not your night Kingsley. Simple as that's all I care about. Just make an adjustment. If the player's having a bad day, he can't hear, he can't hear the clap. So he's false starting. He's not snapping. He's snapping too early, whatever it is. That's like, that's that that that's his fault but not directly his fault like if he can't hear he can't control that obviously i would know i have terrible hearing but like then it's on the coaching staff put in a center that has that is better hearing is going to hear the cadence put in uh, make the change to the cadence earlier do this step do the hand snap down thing do something but to just not make an adjustment for the huge majority is killer like, it, it is awful uh and i don't this part, I don't really, it's it's still an ugly, I don't really have a specific uh, name for it or a specific like lead in for it. So I'm, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> um, but it is ugly to me that Will Levis, the starting quarterback for Kentucky, um, is ugly. No, <laughs> that he had a 41 yard screen touchdown to Wandell uh, Robinson on that second drive. He also had 15 yards on that drive passing. He he threw the ball for a completion of 15 yards, and then later in that drive, he had the 41-yard touchdown screen. Um, what really frustrates me is that Florida lost to the guy, Will Levis, who after that screen had 31 passing yards for the final three and a half quarters of this football game. That's... Like that, that is, that is honestly, like that's, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, because it's not like Kentucky was killing us on the ground either. We, we literally just couldn't get anything going offensively. We gave up a couple of big plays and that's what killed us. So to me, it's, it's disgusting that we lost to a team that was just so, so inept, I guess, at throwing the ball and so incapable of getting a passing game going and they still beat us down. Like that, that's what it is. Like, I get that it was a close game, but it felt like a much, much further game. I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and now I'm constantly reminded of the insane physique these guys are in. And, I mean, the athletic ability I can't do anything about. But the physique, I can. So now I'm committing to eating Built Bar as my snack instead of other mm, sugar-filled snacks. I was like, you know sugary snacks. I like it. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like I absolutely do. It's cool. It is what it is. That is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now to wrap up today's show, we're doing kind of the same thing as always, but kind of different because usually Fridays, I tell you things that I'm going to be keeping an eye out on, and then Mondays, we go, oh, well, did they happen? Um, 
I didn't do that Friday. So now we've got a different thing of just what we learned from the game and what we learned from the postgame press conference. Um, this team is not ready to be as good as they can be. That's the biggest takeaway from me. This team is not ready to be as good as they can be. Uh, way too many mental lapses. And again, it comes down to coaching. A lot of it comes down to coaching. The false starts, you've got to get on that earlier. Three false starts from one player, and then you go, okay, now we need to make a change. You guys waited till there was like five. Um, that's unacceptable, not cool, not how we win games. Um, that, that, that's like, I get genuinely, oh, I'm getting pissed about them. But the, the coaching sucking last night is what pisses me off a lot because you have to coach with confidence in your team as well. I've mentioned the play calling before, and it's like we're, we're at the point where you've got Emory Jones. I realize it's his first year starting, but he's been in the system for three years. So you're at the point where you either have to trust your junior court, your red shirt junior quarterback to throw a damn football, or you've got to commit to the option because you are pathetic right now with what you're doing. It is atrociously bad. So that's wrong. It's legitimately, you've got a red shirt junior quarterback, throw the damn ball with him or run the option because you can run the ball. We know we can run the ball. But I, I don't know what the hell I don't know what the hell they were thinking last night, but it was atrocious. And also another big takeaway for me is that Dan Mullen needs to accept responsibility. I didn't mention it in the first segment. I didn't mention it in the second segment. I will mention it now. He needs to accept responsibility. Um, he says he wasn't out coached because we had more yards than Kentucky. Oh, crap. wait, that no, I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've, I forgot yards determine the outcome of a game, not points. That's how that's how, that's how that works. Yeah, not my bad. Good job, Dan. You got it. No, I have no more qualms with you. You did your job. You got more yards than the other team. Um, that is just that is the dumbest answer I've ever heard for anything ever. Football, basketball, baseball, soccer, gambling. What do you want for dinner? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, without a doubt, by a huge margin. That is the stupidest thing you could have ever said. Um, to say, "Oh no, I wasn't outcoached. We outgained them. They outscored you. So then you were. They did more with less. You were outcoached. It's as simple as that." And I realize that I'm really going in on Dan Mullen today. Um, but I realize after last week's, after last uh, Saturday's game or this past Saturday's game, uh, people are you know uh, trying a French Revolution. I'm like they're they're just they're coming for his head, which is. Not justified, but not not justified. Um, look, I, I get it. People are upset. They want change. They want to win. We're tired of being the second, third, fourth best team in the SEC. Whatever it is, whatever team you think we are, you're tired of being it if it's not number one. That's the point. Um, Dan Mullen, if he gets fired... I'm going to be pissed because Dan Mullen is still the best option at head coach for the Florida Gators. That that's, it's as simple as that until he's not, I don't want to hear it. That it's, it's until he's not the best option. I don't want to hear about replacing him, firing him, whatever it may be. Um, you could look at like, what are you going to look at? Group of five, group of five head coaches. That's what we're looking at. No. Like, because that's the thing also, we took Dan Mullen from another SEC school that he was thriving at, and we took him from there. Last group of five coach we took was Jim McElwain. 
you want to you want to do that you you're comfortable taking another group of five coach after that uh and i'm not trying to group them all together but my point is it's different up here um up here in the sense of in the sec where the rest of the college football is like right over here um but it's different in the sec than it is at a g5 school um i know i went to a g5 school it's different trust me um but like dan mullen is still the best coach you may not like him you may not like how he's handling some things i love him but i do not like how he's handling some things right now but there is not a single better realistic head coach option out there for the gators so just stop it's as simple as that like we're not taking nick saban that's that ain't happening i don't want jimbo fisher i saw someone make that suggestion you're out of your damn mind if you think jimbo fisher should be a florida gator and you're out of your damn mind if you think he's gonna be good if he's a florida gators head coach he's not he's not he comes here he finds success for a couple years and he he comes to schools finds success for a couple years then blows it up that's what he does i don't want to be on the receiving end of that i'd rather take dan mullen have him try his best for a few years if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and we move on and then we find someone else that we can probably snake from hopefully another SEC school, but Lincoln Riley ain't coming to Gainesville. Simple as that. Lincoln Riley is staying in Norman until he goes to the NFL. It's as simple as that. It's 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 things like that where it's like, there's not a better head coach option. If you think there are, you're out of your mind and share whatever you're using because <laughs> them thoughts. <laughs> I'm just saying, thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen every day. Tomorrow's tape Tuesday, and I can tell you, It's going to be a good one, but it ain't going to be a fun one. I can tell you that much. Now make your second listen, Locked On SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can also find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Thank you, and I will see you tomorrow.